0: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Over the line, or throws it, he's in. A backhander with a throw by Tony Esposito. Stan McKee, that was a, a small guy, very cocky in those days. A white right hand by Magnuson, and he wouldn't let that go. trying to tear his hair out. NBC Chicago's James Navo. picked out a man. See Chicago Hockey Insider, Jay Zawaski. No more! Hawks win! Hawks win again! Chris Jelios in overtime! Cardo Blue Wire Podcast. He off the boards, he shoots, his goal. Down to the Tames! A game-winning goal! The Hawks live to fight another day! back, drives, the The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Chicago's going to be in last place forever. The center for Tames, You got to break! Triple threat sports, fry the coop, and by the Cincinnati Law Group, let's drop the puck.
1: Welcome into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast post game show. Jay Zawoski with you here solo tonight after the Hawks lose in Calgary five to two. And oh, that sounds bad, it wasn't that bad. Calgary scored two empty netters. And actually took the lead on a pretty fluky goal. A centering pass from Kachuk hits Seth Jones in the skate and jumps over the shoulder of Marc Andre Fleury. And we're going to get into all of it. But again, thanks for joining us here tonight. Follow us on our social medias at Madhouse Pod on Twitter, Madhouse underscore pod on Instagram. Find us on Facebook, Madhouse Hockey Pod. We're having a sale at our Tee Public Shop, so if you're looking for some Madhouse podcast merch or some uh, NHL 94 theme, some other sort of uh, Chicago hockey-themed stuff, you can find it at our Tee Public Shop. That link is in our social media bios, so check that out uh, in our any of our social media channels. We'll have that for you there. It's $13 Classic Tees, up to 35% off everything else, and that is through November 30th, so jump on that sale And help us out. And even if you have some other stuff to buy at T Public that is not Madhouse Podcast affiliated, if you use our link, it still helps us out. So we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. So, Hawks lose 5 2, like I said earlier. And I don't have a ton of complaints about this game. I really don't. I, I think the Hawks played well enough to win against a team that's really damn good. I think people have sort of slept on the Calgary Flames this year. And they've sort of missed how good they are. The Flames are, and I don't know if this is updated as of right now. If, if they I'm looking at the NHL standings, 12, 3, and 5. I think that does include uh tonight's game. 12, 3, and 5. The Calgary Flames, they are plus 30 in goal differential. That is number one in the NHL by six goals. They're really, really good. Jacob Markström, their goalie has a sub two Goals against average. This team is maybe the best team in the Western Conference, and to go out in Calgary and to battle and to have a solid game like the Hawks did. Look, you're going to look at the metrics. You're going to throw up. They're not great, right? But that, that's kind of to be expected when you've got a team that is so heavily outmatched and you know so heavily um, outskilled and and all those sort of things. And you know the third period, which seemed well in hand for the Hawks. If you were just kind of watching the game, 70-30 in favor of Calgary in terms of Corsi. So it just goes to show you, we talk about this all the time, that sometimes the numbers, the metrics don't tell the whole story. And I think this game would be a good indicator of that. So let's get the bad stuff out of the way first. I think we're still seeing the Hawks a little bit cautious, a little bit hesitant to take shots that are there they're a little a little bit hesitant to make a mistake and i understand that like i just said they've got a pretty small margin for error especially when they're playing against a team as good as calgary but we saw you know when they press the issue when they're trying to get back in the game they can actually dominate the play for a little bit they had a really solid couple shifts in the third period including a really long one by uh Taves and Hagel and Kubelik were out there for a while and just a really solid shift. Long time in the Calgary zone. And we're still seeing, though, even when they have those sustained shifts, they're not getting the shot attempts. They're not getting the shots on goal that you would think those sustained shifts do. And this is sort of what we've been talking about for a lot of the season is when they're sort of feeling like they can't make a mistake. They're so afraid to just take the simple play. And, And a play that really illustrated that to me was first period hawks have it might have been a partial two on one but it was probably more of a two on two jake mccabe is breaking down the left side patrick kane is is heading towards the slot on the right side jake mccabe has a wide open lane to shoot wide open lane to shoot instead jake mccabe noted defensive defenseman tries a spinorama backhand pass to Patrick Kane. Now look, if it had worked, we'd all be laughing and joking about it. But look, this is just a microcosm of what has sort of frustrated me about the Hawks this year. When you get wide open looks at the net, take the shot. This is what we've been saying about Kirby Doc. more on him as the show goes on. Take the shots that are there. You don't have to globetrotter your way through victories. And if you look at the way Calgary scored in this game, there wasn't a, there was nothing fancy. The game-winning goal went off Seth Jones's skate cuz Matthew truck tried to center it out in the slot. That's how you score goals in hockey most of the time. Look at the way Brandon Hagel plays. Right picked up a sixth goal of the game to, uh, of the season tonight. Just worked his way out in front, a pass popped out from the boards, he shot through traffic and scored on Markstrom. Reese Johnson who scored his first NHL goal tonight? Had a puck come to him off a bad turnover. Caught Marks from out of position. Just threw the puck on net. That's all it's got to be. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be globe trotters. And while the Blackhawks power play um, has been struggling lately, um, you know they need to start scoring at even strength, and they did. You know two even strength goals uh, tonight in Calgary, but. They just have to keep things simple. And you've been seeing them do that overall with their game. And that's why they've been more competitive. That's why they've been winning more games lately. But you got to have that mindset in the offensive zone as well. It doesn't mean don't pinch and take a chance. It means when an opportunity presents itself, put that puck on the net and get a scoring chance. Shoot it low. Hope for a rebound. Hope someone's crashing the net. There's so many... Ways that you can generate scoring chances, it doesn't always have to be the good old Patrick Kane to our Temi Panarin blistering one-timer rocket over the shoulder. That's not how most goals in the NHL are scored, right? They're dirty. They're very simple. I mean, look, our old buddy Barry Rosner says it all the time. Put puck on net, sometimes puck go in. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. That's how the vast majority of goals are scored in hockey. And the Hawks are going to have to learn. They're going to have more success if they just take the chances that are presented to them. Because we, even like I said earlier, the sustained shifts of pressure often don't result in a shot on goal. You'll have cycle, 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 puck move, pass back and forth, really good weaving in and out, getting the puck to the point and back and trying for that one shot. And maybe you get that one shot on goal, but they don't. you never see them really peppering the goalie with shots. And maybe they're not equipped to do that. Maybe they don't have the talent to do that. But I think they've got more talent offensively than they're showing this season. Definitely. And I think most people listening to this podcast would agree. I want to shout out our guy uh, for sponsoring the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, Kent Simpson of the Sinson Law Group. After over a decade prosecuting homicide cases as an assistant Cook County State's attorney, he opened his own firm over 20 years ago, specializing in all forms of personal injury cases including injuries as a result of accidents involving cars, trucks, motorcycles, bikes, boats, planes, buses, construction accidents, nursing home abuse, medical negligence and birth injuries, slip and fall cases and injuries as a result of hazardous drugs or products. His firm's results speak for themselves with millions recovered for their clients. Sinson Law Group charges no fees unless they win for you. So call for a free consultation, 312-332-2107 or visit SinsonLawGroup.com. That's sin S O N Loggroup.com. Don't go off sides, go top shelf call. Now James and I are going to have Kent on the podcast very, very soon. Uh, in the little second half of this show, there's a little bit of an update to the Kyle beach, Brad Aldrich story that I'll give you, but I want to spend a little bit more time on this game. And I mentioned his name earlier and we've been a little bit tough on Kirby doc lately. We really have. And, and it's, you know, the production hasn't been there. And I think the overall play has been solid. But the production hasn't been there. I have to say, after having one shot attempt in the Vancouver game, this was one of Kirby Doc's better games. Yes, he finished the game of minus three. But 1952 of ice time, four shot attempts, including three shots on goal, uh, 36% on the face-offs, which is not good. We'll get to that. He had a hit. He had a block shot. He had a fight. I wouldn't say he won the fight. Against Blake Coleman, but he didn't necessarily lose it. Coleman got the first big punch in, but eh, Doc kind of held his own. I just like the way he was dictating the play in this one. When he was in, when he had the puck, he was moving it, he was making plays, making passes. I saw him make a couple tape to tape passes from his knees. Really solid game for Kirby Doc. Again, no points produced, but overall, a really solid effort from him. Led the team in Corsi, 62 50, 20 sh- uh, shot attempts for with him on him on the ace 12 against. Patrick Kane was second on the team with a 57-58 Corsi, 19 shot attempts for 14 against. Everybody else on the Hawks was under 50%. Seth Jones and Alex De 48-15 and 46-88, respectively. So I, I just wanted to make sure on you know, the day after we were a little bit hard on Kirby Doc, I thought he had a, a bounce back game tonight against Calgary and, and probably deserve to get a goal or two or at least an assist or two uh, and and I, like I, I just want to be clear I think it's coming I think the production is coming for him I think I feel like you know the next time he has like a two-goal game or whatever that it, it might just open the floodgates for him because I do think part of it is remember 20 years old young player high expectations and he's starting for the first time to hear a little bit of criticism. It's not just from us. We're not the only people who have been critical of Kirby doc's production. It's I saw it written on, uh, I forget where I saw it earlier today. Somebody wrote it. I know the guys at uh, faxes from uncle Dale have been on this for a while that the production hasn't been there. So uh, you know, this is not just a madhouse podcast observation. A lot of people have seen this and you know, Kirby doc is hearing it and feeling that pressure. So to see him respond after a really down game against Vancouver with a really solid game against Calgary, is very, very encouraging. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. It's Jay Zawaski, solo on this one. James Neveau off for the night. By the way, if you're going to be at the game on Saturday against the St. Louis, I'm sorry, on Friday against the St. Louis Blues, the matinee at 230 James and I are going to be there together with our wives. So if you see us, say hello. Maybe I'll bring some Madhouse stuff with me. Maybe I'll have some buttons or whatever. And if people notice us, we'll hand some stuff out. I don't know. I don't know. Or you can buy it yourself at our tea Public sale. Damn it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll bring some stuff with us. for You recognize us at the Hawks game on Friday, and uh, we'll give you something. How about that? That sounds good. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be my first Hawks game in. Obviously, a couple years, and I'm just really excited to be back at the UC and taking in a hockey game. All right, before we uh, went to the break, mentioned a little bit of a development in the Kyle Beach situation. This is from TSN's Rick Westhead, who, as everybody knows by now, has been completely on top of this entire saga. He says, The Chicago Blackhawks and a lawyer representing Kyle Beach and John Doe 2 have agreed to mediation to try to settle the two lawsuits. The sides are scheduled to meet in December for a day to try to settle Beach's lawsuit before reconvening for a second day regarding John Doe 2's case. Yes, there's reason to be optimistic, but it's also important to manage expectations. Mediation is non-binding. Either side can walk away at any time, but if you've sort of looked through the people who really are in the know about the situation this is uh probably an encouraging sign that some sort of settlement's going to get done um with Kyle Beach and with John Doe too uh, again Kyle Beach I believe that day West I didn't say specifically but I think it's December 15th I'm almost certain I saw that so hopefully uh, the mediator can come to an agreement that's suitable for both sides. And all parties can move on. And I hope Kyle Beach and John Doe, too, get everything they need, get everything that they deserve. And uh, I'm confident that they will. And, uh, you know, hopefully everyone can start to put this thing behind them. I know, you know, the scars of what happened to Kyle Beach and John Doe, too, and the other victims of Bradley Aldrich uh, can never be erased. So hopefully uh, those two are done right by and uh, they're taken care of for a good amount of money that will take care of them for a long, long time. It's just uh, an ugly situation that seems to be, if we're optimistic, seems to be coming to an end, at least in terms of the legal uh, side of things. But um, yeah, I think that there are, there is reason to be optimistic that this thing is going to get uh, solved one way or another in uh, in the case of Cal Beach and John Doe too. So keep your eye on Rick Westhead. Of course, we'll stay on top of this stuff. And when we have Kent Simpson on, he can sort of tell us like, okay, what happens in these mediation meetings? You know, is it kind of like an arbitrator in baseball where you're like, oh, you want this much and they want to pay you this much? Let's meet in the middle. Yay. Everybody's happy. It's not that simple, of course. So we're going to bring Kent Sinsen on for his expertise as well. Okay. Going to wrap things up before I do. uh, I know it's just me tonight uh, and James was going to be here, but can't be. But this is our last show before Thanksgiving. So I want to make sure I take them and stop the music dumbass. Okay. I don't know why I hit the music so early. I just want to say to all the Madhouse podcast listeners, a heartfelt thank you. Um, it's been a hard year for everybody. Hard year and a half, whatever it's been in terms of COVID. We didn't know when hockey would be coming back a while back and then hockey came back and then there was Blackhawks scandal and it was ugly and people were jumping ship and then the Hawks were terrible. Well, the one thing that we have been able to rely on for all these years has been you, the Madhouse podcast listener. And if you missed a couple episodes ago, um, it was revealed that we have passed the 1 million download mark all time, um, which is absolutely insane, considering I've been told my entire career that there's just not an audience for Blackhawks. People don't care. No one is invested in the Hawksers. 20,000 Hawks fans and they go to the games and they are the only ones that care in the entire city. And I think we have a million downloads proving otherwise. So thank you for that. Thanks for sticking with us when it's tough to stick with the Blackhawks for myriad reasons. Right. Um, but it looks like things in all aspects on the ice and off are starting to head. I guess you'd say arrow pointed up or at least slightly up in terms of the on ice. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with the Kyle Beach and John Doe two thing, but um, I don't know. I, I I am, you know, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, people know I'm not a cynic, and I am an optimist, and I have been optimistic about what I've seen from Danny Wirtz so far, and uh, hopefully that continues. Hopefully it doesn't let me down. Hopefully I'm not proven to be naive for thinking he's trying to make some real uh, and, and affect some real changes organizationally. We'll see. It remains to be seen, but uh so far he said the right things, uh him directly. Remember, the Hawks were the team that uh called this uh through a PR person uh baseless when Kyle Beach first made his allegations. So no meritless was the word. I'm sorry. Meritless was the word they used, but that was not out of Danny Wirtz's mouth. So, you know, the optimist in me and the uh you know, the non cynic wants to believe that the Hawks are gonna do the right thing, but they've gotta prove it. But anyway, Long story boring, I just want to say thank you to all of you for sticking with us and keeping the Madhouse podcast as successful as it's been. This has been our biggest year. This has been our biggest season by far. Uh, One of the biggest episodes we've we've ever done is the Stan Bowman resignation episode. I think the only one that has done more than that is the Joel Quenville fired one and the I think the Seth Jones trade, I'm trying to think that was the one. Those are like the top three we've done in the last five years. And because our audience is growing, those are probably the biggest ones we've done historically, but the Quenville one's still the biggest, but thank you for, if you this is your first time listening. If you've heard every episode equally, thank you, greatly, greatly appreciate it. All right, I'm gonna stop talking now. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great Thanksgiving. No postgame show on Friday because we're going to be at the game, but we will be back next week with a brand new Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Be safe. Take care of each other. Stay safe this Thanksgiving, and we love you very much. It's the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Fry the Coop, Triple Threat
0: Sports, and by the in Law Group.